0: In this episode of the Full Nerd, Intel Coffee Lake, PC Fall Gaming Harvest, and your questions answered. All of them. Most of them. Most of them. <laughs> Wait, is this still? Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I, I cut you off.
1: No,
0: we're still talking.
2: They look it's right. the
0: same. That's cool how you could do that. Go. Hey, welcome to the Full Nerd, episode 33, recorded on October What is this? 6, twenty seventeen. Yes. I'm Gordon Mong with special guest, Hayden Dingman. Oh, it's me this time Whoa, first. Yeah, so I'm not reading from my notes. Oh nice. That's why, so I didn't nice. go in order. But what's, you hey, people
2: off? Do you know his uh, do you know his title though? What?
0: Hayden's. He's special guest. Yeah, do I even just have special a, guest? I don't have that's a title. what we use this for. Title <laughs> co-host Brad Charkus is here. There Thankfully. he is. Hello. Awesome to have Brad here, and of course Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, Brad, uh, glad to have you back, I, and I know the
2: audience is too. Uh, but I have a question: Have you seen the new Blade Runner yet? <laughs> oh, I that's have mean. That's seen mean. The
1: new Blade Runner I mean, yet? Hey, no spoilers, please. I gotta say, if anybody at, drop spoilers in the chat room, I don't want to hear them.
2: Yeah, no spoilers for sure. Uh, but I'm excited
0: because the reviews. Seem pretty positive on it. So.
2: Really? Because yeah. I
1: I thought I saw the
0: I saw some headline and it was pretty much. Well, what, what headline were you reading? It was just like it just didn't answer anything. It was, it anything. was arm just, and white or whatever. <laughs> Not great. Not great. Yeah. And actually, okay. I'm helping Brad because if I prepare you to, for it to suck, then you'll like <laughs> oh. Actually, it's not as I'm bad as everybody said it was. That always helps. <laughs> there you go.
1: You're so as nice. As a uh, longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I'm used to things I love letting me down. So oh. I'm fully prepared for this Blade Runner movie. Hey, well, Brad, Brad that has a real bowl.
3: headset now. When did this
1: happen? I, I is know, that it's a real nice. headset? Razor. Razor yeah, Kraken, has, whatever,
3: yeah. the new one, Volume 2. Uh, a new microphone? Man, this is a. Uh, you can mute it, it too. Up.
2: Wow. was a nice. This episode of Full
0: Nerd brought to you by Razor. Not really, not at all.
2: (laughs) Uh, If and just in case Hayden stands up, he he might have one of those Razor phones in his pocket. No, no. (laughs) You guys saw that right? The people like dissecting the images of. I can't remember. One of the executives like had a little peek
0: of a phone and like it was Razor's phone.
2: Yeah,
1: and he tweeted it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I,
0: I like the I like the spirit of that, but. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're talking about going up against Apple and I don't know anything Samsung about Google, phones here.
3: So. This, is a, this is a PC podcast. <laughs> right. yeah. What are we talking about today, Gordon? Phones
0: are going to replace, uh, no, are gonna replace PCs. I, <laughs> I hear that all the time. They're like, no one's going to buy PCs. It's all going to be but your phone.
2: Hey, Gordon, right. we already have a question in the chat from... Uh, yeah, the stay. question
0: is, would you stay on topic? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, oh, got a S-
2: question. Stale v Olson on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, he says, New Coffee Lake versus Ryzen 7. Yes, see, he, he yeah. is trying, he's trying yeah, to yeah, keep Ryzen to on, topic. on, topic. Yeah. on yeah. topic.
0: So, in a nutshell, <laughs> 6 core, I, core i7, 60, uh, eight, God, 6 7, that's Sky Lake, 8700K. <laughs> uh, I spent the last week and a half reviewing it, like everybody else. There wasn't that much time. Uh, Intel six core CPU at a non Intel price, amazingly. For you know, uh, I guess we'll see well, what it that, actually is. What's a non for. Intel price? It's supposed to be the list is three sixty. Uh, I I actually suspect the street price when it becomes available. Although I I am hearing it's very difficult to get. It's gonna you know it's gonna be like what you paid for. At seventy-seven hundred K at some point, but I mean, uh,
3: on uh, Intel's, on
1: uh, Amazon yesterday it was three seventy, and on Newegg it was three eighty. So they yeah. were selling for a little
3: bit above. Is that much different from like the... Because I, I thought that was what the fifty-eight twenty K used to go for, though.
0: Well, not when it came out. Well, the fifty-eight twenty K was four hundred something dollars. Okay, right? so it's so, a, it so it's out. a
3: little bit cheaper as but. it
0: as it came out. I mean, it got cheaper and cheaper. You,
3: you and like, is this like the fifty-eight twenty K? Is it the the like? half of it like it's a six core but there's restrictions or is this up there with the the full six core that they had up in the that mid-range this is basically KB Lake and you know they're basically KB Lake
0: quad core we shoved two more cores under the heat spreader so uh, and of course the they are saying oh it's 14 nanometer plus plus what that really means is we've been doing this so long we can crank the crap out of the clock speeds on this thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I do have a chart. I, we are, are having technical difficulties, so we can't <laughs> man it up. But I'm going to hold up this one chart so, just so we can reference this. <laughs> I don't, Brad can't see it. Right, That's
1: I, okay. I have the working internet at my house. So, I basically, can, yeah, you and have and the working it,
0: internet. And if
2: you go to PCWorld.com, check so out we'll his awesome review. Oh,
0: yeah, He's got all this. the charts there. So, and this is in a nutshell, mm-hmm. the secret sauce. Of Coffee Lake, besides the fact that it's all it is, if you think about it, it's KB Lake with two more cores, so six cores, and this thing is clocked way up. But so on single threaded. 50% tests, more
1: cores is a better way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, 50% more like- cores,
0: um, for what, 10 more bucks list price, supposedly. Hmm. It's basically on single-threaded, it's you're running at about 4.7 gigahertz, and then as you add more of a thread load, I just took Cinebench and I just kind of look at the clock speeds of this. Hayden can take a look at this. You know, 4.7, then 4.5. He's going to fan white it. And you're right. So, we're going to, like, down to 4.4 gigahertz, basically. And then it really levels out as you get, you know, to about a load of about uh, six threads, about 4.3 gigahertz. And it's just 4.3 gigahertz all the way out. And this, I'm comparing it. The the second line is a Ryzen 7 1700X. And on a single-threaded load... You'll get a little bit of you know their 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 boost up to about three point nine gigahertz, but after that, it, the chip pretty much drops down to three five, and it stays at three five for everything. I, and I never saw my chip really move up over three five in anything other than single threaded loads. Hmm. So you are looking at a a you know six core K B Lake chip with all the IPC that you got with K B Lake running pretty much at 4.7 to 4.3 gigahertz.
3: Yeah, that's real good, because that 5820K was clocked at like 3.3, 3.2, something like that.
0: 5820 wasn't, you know, I mean, in its day, it was... It was an awesome deal because oh my God, I could get a six core <laughs> Intel CPU for five hundred dollars. And then of course it was like, oh, I can get you know, the prices got a little better, it got down to about four, and then eventually near the end with all the deals about three something. And it was yeah, a, it was a really good honestly good deal, but it didn't you had to overclock it if you really wanted to get high clocks out of it. It did yep. overclock well. Um But yep. this is basically a mainstream. you gotta imagine in three months this thing will be three hundred and thirty bucks from Intel, very high clocks, so uh, I I read a lot of the reviews out there that said this is like the best gaming chip ever, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I I would totally agree with that, but...
3: Yeah, it's a little bit weird because, I mean, we can have a uh, this is a long discussion, but you know, six cores. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm running a 5820K and I can say that one out of like maybe ten games actually cares that I'm running a six core chip. Yeah. Most of them don't even care yeah. if I'm running a quad core chip. No, uh, most of them are still using a single core <laughs> for right. most of their stuff, right. uh, and then offloading maybe some to a second core. But yeah,
0: you know, and it's funny.
3: I I have a chart. Interestingly, oh so good, more <laughs> charts. I'm just gonna bust this
0: out. This one's actually pretty big. But so this is, of course, you get in iOS, you know, whenever you talk about like, oh, six core, eight core Ryzen, all that stuff, you always get this. Now, this is actually not bad. So this is Ashes of the Singularity uh, running at 19 by 10. Uh, The crazy preset, and then these are the exact same GPUs, the exact same drivers in both the Ryzen 7 in red, of course, the Intel system in blue, and uh, using the CPU focus uh, test in Ashes of the Singularity. Ryzen actually a little faster. I'm getting about forty four frames a second, and KB Lake about 41, 42 frames a second. Not a huge, That's, not a huge difference, right?
1: Ashes of the Singularity is like the poster child for AMD yes. technologies. DirectX twelve technologies is maybe a better way to put it, right? Uh yep.
0: but this to me, I think is this brings up uh, Hayden's point. You know what? Most games, you're really going to see this. Now, this is Rise of the Tomb Raider, the latest version. This is at 1910, 19, 19, 1920 by 1080, right? And the Ryzen part, we're looking at about 100, 104 frames a second. And this is DX11 mode, not DX12. And actually, it's worse uh, internet if you kick it over to DX12 for Ryzen. And that 8700K uh, it's 129 frames a second versus 104. Of course, we're all familiar with this, right? We all knew Ryzen. There was a little bit, it was a little slower in gaming than, than uh, KB Lake. It's mm-hmm. even more it's even slower than Sky uh, uh Coffee Lake because you have the higher clocks. But to get to get to your point, the vast majority of gaming doesn't give a damn about the course. Yeah, it just doesn't CPU care. So,
3: uh, I and I remember that when the um when the Xbox One and the, the PS four came out and they, they both had Yeah, eight where cores. did that show up, right? They both had eight cores, and everybody was like, oh, finally, maybe, <laughs> maybe games will actually use more than one core on the PC. And they still don't. They, nah. they still, for the most part, are just using a single core. Right. Uh, but it, I'm,
1: hope- I'm hoping that in a few years at this point, though, with that being the case in the consoles, and now both AMD and Intel having six core mainstream parts hopefully that actually starts to shift soon
3: yeah Yeah. it's just funny it feels a lot like um, I mean in the I do a lot of peripheral reviews and we get a lot of um, like people need to delineate year to year like why you should buy their new one and so they end up pumping numbers that don't really mean anything anymore (laughs) and so we get stuff like the you know oh this mouse goes up to 16,000 DPI and you're like, eh, who's using that? <laughs> who's the who's the person that is the using 16,000 DPI? Uh, most of us are down. I mean, even on like a 4K monitor, like a, a 4,000 DPI, 5,000 DPI is very fast. Uh, who's using the 16,000? But like they have to do it to like make sure, that oh, the, this one's better than the last one. I feel like a we've universe. gotten there. We've gotten there now that it's harder for them to to shrink down, and now that it's harder to boost clock speed, the next logical thing for them to do every single year is, oh, well, now we have more cores, right? Which, yeah. Okay. Great. Which is what AMD has done. And,
0: and uh, I also want to talk about. So in gaming performance, um, Coffee Lake, yeah, it's it's that it is everything you expect of a, a KB Lake. That's that runs at higher clock speeds.
1: That it's, makes sense because KB Lake, uh, the seventy seven hundred K was faster because of the higher clock speeds yeah. in IPC. And this is KB Lake, but with more cores. Right.
0: But in the, so. you know, of course, when you get into actual application performance, um, for the most part, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Intel really biffed it with with Coffee Lake because this is a six core part, and it's what the hell? It's going to be going up against you know AMD eight core Ryzen's, which you know the that's that's insane." You know, the performance of Coffee Lake in um, <laughs> an awful lot of multi-threaded tasks, It is. it really punches out of its weight. It it really does sit with the A-cores. It isn't faster than Ryzen 7 1700X or, you know, 1800X and everything. But it's really damn close. Mm-hmm. So, it is, because, because of the IPC, because of the high clocks, it really does, it performs, it, it'll blow away any Ryzen 5 part. It just destroys them, right? So, it does not really, it doesn't, it really does not belong it does not end with a Ryzen 5 or or or, an, or a 5820 or a Broadwell right it's just it is just much faster because of those clock speeds
2: so. yeah but uh, i
1: mean the, uh, the advantage is also oh, the boy. price
0: right yeah you know there the isn't Ryzen a plan. price for Ryzen well i mean there's you know at the time i i did my review Ryzen 7 1700x was 360 bucks right so basically the same price and the actual list price of Ryzen 7 1700x is $400
1: so. And this, you can get the 1700 non X for around somewhere around 300, 320 bucks these days. And a lot of them, if you slap a decent cooler on there, you can get that right up close to four gigahertz. If which you're going to Right around it. the same area as a 1800X. Right.
0: And you can also overclock, a, of course, 8700K yeah. well, too, right? So, and Intel generally does overclock better than, than AMD. But, you know, I, I always try to consider stock clock speeds for performance, not overclock because. Not everybody's going to get the same damn thing you're going to get. Like, I. you can't come out and say it's a...
3: Yeah, fire no, fire. I mean, overclocking is always like an average, right? Like, that was the when the 5820K came out, or when the 6800 came out after the 5820K, uh the whole problem with that part was that it didn't overclock as well as the 5820, and so on average, it was like f- uh, 0.4 gigahertz less uh, that you would get out of that chip. Yeah. Um And for the type of person that's going to buy a 5820K, that was a big difference but yeah in general those uh it's hard to predict what you're going to get right but you know as and you're primarily a
0: gamer yeah you still bought a 5820k though you yeah. went for a six.
3: Well, yeah but i bought a i mean i bought a 5820k a because i wanted to be future proof for a little bit and b because i do media stuff on the side so um you know we do a lot of uh uh video recording and stuff like that that was using that part um because it's better for those reasons still uh, anytime I render anything in premiere,
1: it's like it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's great That's one of the interesting parts about this eighty seven hundred K to me because when Ryzen seven came out um, It you know had the gaming deficit compared to KB Lake, but it you could say hey man if you're gonna do content creation or streaming, mm-hmm. you really want this part, but it seems like the eight core chips still kind of have an advantage for content creation if whatever you're doing uses a bunch of cores. Right. But I have a feeling, although I haven't tested it because I haven't touched an 80, 80 whatever seven hundred k myself, I have a feeling that the streaming advantage is gone. yeah, I, I would, think agree. This thing would I mean I mean
0: we we'll, you know somebody else will have to test that, but you know throwing two more two more cores, two more threads at it. At the at the for the K part is I don't think it's mm-hmm. gonna be much of interest and they may be better in fact because of the high clock Speed so
2: so uh, kid chunk over on YouTube says uh, he just picked up a Ryzen 5 1600 X on Newegg for 199
0: yeah nice so. and that's the thing is you know, Ryzen. Look, Ryzen five sixteen hundred X does not compete with eighty seven hundred K, but it's a hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks cheaper. So, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it and, and if that, you're a gamer, like most of that
1: is not gonna matter. Yeah. Also, yeah, and you know, for the most part, all everything's GPU limited, right? So that actually brings up an interesting point for me, at least reading this. I know we reviewed the eighty seven hundred K in this review, but to me. It's Ryzen 5 versus Core i5 that's going to be really interesting Mm -hmm. because uh, the Core i5 chips are six cores now, but they don't have hyper-threading. So they're six cores, six threads done. Whereas Mm -hmm. the six-core Ryzen 5 chips have simultaneous multi-threading. So they're accessible for 12 threads. So what we used to say about Ryzen 7, hey, do this for content creation, that could still give Ryzen 5 a strong niche over Core i5.
0: Yeah, no, and I still think, you know, as much as... Uh, I you know I I don't think eighty seven hundred K should be thought of as you know as a Ryzen five, but Ryzen five is still an awesome part. So yeah, uh, not to not to crap on Ryzen. It's 5.
3: a it's a bit weird that they chose that route for the i five this time. Six cores with no hyper threading. I I really would have preferred yeah. that they just bumped all their quad core down to i five status and did quad core hyper threading for i fives because I think that not having hyper threading at this point is more of a a downside. Yeah, but you're getting two more real cores. So. Yeah, I just, I,
1: yeah, I don't know. And the quads are, the thing is, quad cores are now i3s. <laughs> yeah. So isn't that crazy? An i3 is the same <laughs> thing as a quad core i5. You would have bought two months. Yeah, ago. yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. It's just a. It's a sort of weird zone that they're in nowadays. Uh, I, th- I think that the i5 is sort of in a bad middle zone. Whereas before, yeah, like the i5 I was agree. the easy recommendation for everybody. I feel like increasingly, I only hear about gamers running i7s and gaming laptops only run i7s and gaming desktop machines only run i7s. Uh, and the i5 is sort of like left by the wayside. Hmm. I think
0: it sort of depends on where the price of that seventy six
3: eighty six hundred K shakes out,
0: though. Uh-huh. So I mean, on the street, I'm mean, really really two thirty two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure at Intel they sort of like looked at everything and they said, yeah, if we turn on hyper threading, I mean, they really they were tough. They couldn't they can't offer hyper threading on the i5 six core because then nope. They they are there you know they are really it's the the whole everything is a little weird because of AMD and doesn't yeah I mean at
3: least there's competition now all like, hey, this that. awesome that's right yeah.
0: it's crazy because I I asked Intel and they, are you still going to sell seventh gen parts KB Lake and they're like yeah we're still going to sell it and the vendor was actually telling asking me like yeah they're they're trying to tell us to try to you know huh to, uh, to push these Why, what 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 niche does it hit. <laughs> I think It's like the
1: niche is like we still got them in back. You want one of
0: these? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> well, they're saying the rumors are saying there's going to be a stock shortage through the end of the year, probably on these. They got pulled ahead. Oh, Gosh. yeah, I'm sure. I don't know, so if that's the case, case, it makes sense for mm-hmm. them to want to still sell KB Lake while they can. Yeah, but who I I really like who I couldn't you know could you recommend anybody buy KB Lake at the KB Lake pricing at this point? You know? If they sold an i7 as an i5 price, I could, but not at standard price, no.
0: Yeah, I mean, pay $300, hmm. 320 for 7700 k you would just be... And I wrote in my review, I was like, definitely buy the i7 7700K if you want to immediately feel remorse. Because you'd yeah. be like, oh!
3: <laughs> like the fastest turnaround on that remorse. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, we got a good question from
2: uh, Nicholas over on Facebook. Uh, he says, do you think Intel is being overconfident in their market share and presence to be forcing people to upgrade every time a new chip comes out? Do you think this will be the downfall for gamers?
0: You mean forcing the new motherboard?
3: Yeah. With the, yeah. The,
0: so for people who don't know um z1 z270 which was the matching chipset for kb lake um
1: which just came out nine months ago
0: just came out nine months ago and (laughs) z270 for the most part is a z170 with a few little tweaks intel came out with a new z370 i can't get these straight because we need these chipset numbers (laughs) z370 chipset which only works with coffee lake um they said like look Coffee Lake. We are now officially supporting DDR 4 2666 We had to do different trace routes, or all kinds of stuff. Probably a little bit of power stuff. We only feel comfortable validating Coffee Lake for Z three seventy. You can't run it in Z two seventy, even though it's the exact same eleven fifty one socket. <laughs> and vendors if have said like would... they had it even running. They had Coffee Lake running in Z two seventy, as far as I understand. But Intel's only validating for three Z three seventy.
1: They published the pin layout. Uh, a couple days oh, ago do they? and there is actually more power pins yeah. supplied so that makes sense cuz you have 50% more cores I, so i think it's more of a
3: problem for for motherboard manufacturers than it is for people that are actually making machines I, i'm sure there's a niche of people out there that are upgrading that cpu every single time there's a new generation and then have to replace the motherboard but most people are upgrading every like Three or four CPU generations, and in that case, you were still upgrading your motherboard every time anyway. Uh, when I jumped, I mean, I was running up until, and Brad also was running what Sandy Bridge up until yep. a couple of months ago, right? And so, like, it, by the time that we upgraded, we already had to swap out our motherboard and replace it anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't think that most people are really affected by that. To me, it's no. more of a. a Like a jerk thing for them to do to MSI and all the people that are stuck with stock (laughs) on 270s for the rest
1: of time. Right. um, That is never going to sell. Yeah. I'm sure they wound it down a bit. Yeah. I'm sure the motherboard manufacturers want to sell new motherboards anyway, rather than someone who bought KB Lake nine months ago. Well, going, sweet, I can get a, you know, six core part now and drive. Yeah, it true.
0: In. <laughs> so here's the controversial part. And I'm not really sure that it's gonna affect too many people, but this is the one this is the thing that really irks me. It's like I could see, look, you need more power for six core and eleven fifty one socket. Okay, I get it. But w- Specifically, everybody's like, "Can you run a KB Lake or Skylake part in a Z three seventy board?" And Intel's like, "No, you cannot." Um, they said yeah. we were encouraged by our port, our partners, the board partners, encouraged them to make a clean break with the pass. Is what they they said in in the briefing. Which I asked a board vendor, like, "Is that true?" They said, "Like, when the hell does Intel ever listen to us?" Is was their <laughs> response. So I don't know who's telling the truth there. But yeah, I, that part's a little shady. Well, but that sucks though, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh, come on. You just like, and I think that I, I agree with you. 90% of people are going to build a new system, you're going to buy a new board anyway. Yeah. Most people don't actually upgrade CPUs. But I think the bad thing for Intel is forcing you to buy, just in case, like if you were sitting, Hi. if you bought an i5, you built like on a 7600K, and you're like, yeah, I'm sick of this no hyper-threading, this quad-core thing. This thing is a joke. I need more cores. I'm going to buy a new 8700K. And you go like, okay, I'm ready. Drop this in my board. I don't have to do a new OSN or anything. You're just ready to go. But no, if you have to do a new Z370 motherboard, mm-hmm. That's then you start... a lot start, more money. It's not even just that. It's a lot more money. Then you start going, oh, you know... I'm no longer tied to a platform. Maybe I'll get a Ryzen instead, right? Because it's cheaper and just, there's all kinds of, I I think it's just a bad, bad decision.
1: I am going to probably get crap for this, but I can kind of understand where Intel's coming from because they say it does need more power and the pin layout in the uh, new ones do show more power going to the pins or whatever. Uh, And we're thinking of the high-end gaming production motherboards. That's what we're used to, the Z370, to Z320. Right. But imagine like a cheap little, I forget, the mother, the cheap little $50 motherboards, right? That power system might not be able to hold up to these more core chips, as well as those more expensive motherboards. And it's, I think, better, personally, and clearer for consumers to say, "Look, man, you need a Z three seventy board." Rather than going, "Okay, you can get a Z two seventy board, but yeah, you but can't not get these uh, models." Yeah,
0: yeah, that does suck. And you know, and Intel is—they are extremely conservative. There's that little FDIV bug lawsuit that they really don't want to repeat. So everything works. They make sure that absolutely everything works. And even if yeah, it's going to piss people off, but we're not going to have you buy something that doesn't work and then. Yeah, I suicide. mean I think
3: there's a lot of a lot of examples of Intel uh, being a bit arrogant in recent years, uh, but I think the peak of that hubris was pre-Ryzen and I think that this is just fallout from a decision that was made a while ago. Yeah. Um, I, I I I don't know, maybe Intel will continue to be arrogant, but I don't really think they can afford to be uh Post Ryzen, I think that I and I think the pricing on these and the fact they're going six core with uh, consumer parts right. illustrates that they uh, have felt the heat for the last year or so. Maybe. Um, yep. Well, the, I think that I
0: I can actually tell you exactly when the peak of the hubris was, and it was uh, Broadwell E ten core for one thousand seven hundred and twenty three dollars. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that was like that was like pretty much Intel getting on the skis. And then jumping the shark. Right <laughs> like, which you tried to give the best CPU last I year. I just was saying, you got to like give it to somebody for <laughs> pushing the envelope. <laughs> Passing the envelope, too, oh. apparently. But that was, yeah, that was, yeah. No, I
3: think those, yeah, Intel clearly is competing. Yeah, I think that they've, they now, they right? feel like they actually have to compete now, uh, which is a good thing. And I, I feel like a lot of these decisions are just fallout from a, from a, Pre Ryzen arrogance that is still you know yeah. rippling outwards. It's a big ship, and you can't just um, turn it right. But I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that. As I said, I don't think most people are going to notice. Uh, I really think that that's a, a problem that will affect five to ten percent of yeah. people, maybe. But still, um, it's just you yeah, just, it's still it's a little move. Thing, but man, it it's you know, it's one of those like. Yeah, it sucks, but it, most people are just buying a new board every time they upgrade at this point. Well, it's well, I mean, it's like Core i nine, right? What do you uh, What do you guys think? I mean, it was like two thousand
0: dollars for this thing, right? Like <laughs>
1: I think KB Lake X was junk to begin with, and it's even more useless now. That's what I think about X two ninety nine.
0: Yeah, I think that. See, the thing about that KB Lake X part is, I understand what it is. It just it didn't get messaged that way. It it is an overclocking sports. Chip, yeah, made specifically to hold, you know, <laughs> clock speed overclocking records. That's all it's made for. They don't actually expect you to buy the damn thing. <laughs> they almost should have said, we, "We don't want you to buy it." You know, it's like a special. Like a special edition car only made for racers. Yeah, I right.
3: mean, this is what I've <laughs> said about... Uh, we and Adam, we shot video on this. like Those those giant laptops that have 8 million features sure. in them. So, like They don't want you to buy those. They just want to put yeah. them out there so that people will write about them and be like, oh, look how crazy this thing yeah. is. Nobody's yeah. expecting you to buy that $9,000 what Acer laptop. Oh, that's awesome. Nobody's, mm, nobody's, like, nobody's buying that thing. They just put it out there because it looks cool and oh. there's a lot of cool R&D that went into Dude, it. Dude, did you know... Uh, I went in, I was like, because I got
0: like a 99 Honda, I'm like, I'm going to go. No, no, look, seriously, I was driving by the Chevy dealer. I said, whoa, it's the brand new Chevette. It's like a $6,900 car. It's so it's so awesome and economical and so practical. Woo, I'm gonna just go right into the dealer and talk to a salesperson. Like, tell me about this Chevette. Yeah, it's dri- so practical. They're
3: driving those on on Top Gear these days. No, but I'm just saying, you don't you don't just you don't hit the brakes and yeah, nobody cares Pull a U-turn about and go back to the dealer to go look
0: at the Chevette. You go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a Corvette. It's a brand new. it's this a brand new one? Yeah. Yeah, it's no,
3: a, I I totally agree, and the, that's why they do these things. But, yeah, the people that then complain about the price, like, ah, they don't want you to actually buy it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They don't want you to buy the thing. Core
0: uh, 9 was like, it's the most awesome CPU Intel doesn't want you to buy. Yeah. Right. At that point, I just 2000 bucks. he's like, yeah, no one's going to buy it, except for rich people. But.
2: So uh, over on Facebook, uh, Raphael says... Uh, that he said f Sky Lake and bought a 4790K instead, and he's going to wait for Cannon Lake. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where the hell do you get a Devil's Canyon part?
0: <laughs> hey, that's that's what I'm hey, rocking hey, right. Devil's Canyon is a right? good chip. It's a yeah. great part. You know, if I had a Devil's Canyon part. And you know I had a decent GPU and all I do is you know mostly games and I can get by with all the application. Yeah, that's, hey, I mean that's that's I what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I right. tell
1: you what, since since he brought that up, I think this generation of chips, both Ryzen and now these six core, you know Intel parts and quad core i3 parts, I think this is the first time where I can comfortably say, hey man, if you're still rocking a twenty six hundred K, if you're rocking a thirty five seventy K, this is a real reason you might want to upgrade. This is a step forward. Mm. Yeah. What
0: do you think? I I actually think the step forward was with Ryzen five. Ryzen five and the Ryzen 7 1700 Like I I, yes. I really think for that to me was like when it kinda opened up. And definitely now, you know, if those people are, you know, risk averse or brand loyal and they don't want to do Yeah, I mean you if you go from holy smokes, you go if you're going from a twenty six hundred K or thirty five seventy K to a to a, an I seven, well it's a big step up in price too, but yeah, you're getting a serious amount of performance. That's a big jump, and you know, I, I got to say, Sandy Bridge is getting a little, little yeah, it's getting
3: a little, little stale, stale. Uh, especially for for some of those open world games. Uh, that was where I started noticing problems by the time that I upgraded. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I do think that if you're in that 5820K or that generation, uh, there's not still any reason to upgrade. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, If you're a gamer. If you're you're in content creation and all that, sure, whatever. Like, go ahead. Uh, I think streaming and and all those purposes, you can definitely make a case for. Uh, But if you're gaming and you're on a, I mean, even a 4790, there's not a huge reason, I don't think. No.
0: 4790,
3: I would say no because the
0: chipset's still decent serviceable Modern, yeah but when you're looking yeah. at a six series or a seven series ship man that is just like that's like like that's like a car with like 300,000 miles air conditioning doesn't work the, <laughs> the power locks only lock sometimes and like the right passenger window doesn't roll down it's like no it's just no it's like yeah it'll get you to work But every day you can just be like,
3: like two SATA, six ports, no native USB 3. It's just like. Yeah, the USB 3 was the thing that really killed me on that, that 35. Same here.
0: No PCIe 3. Not like it matters, but you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't not there. So I get, don't
3: know what that ghost alarm was that went off, but it was uh, very scary. Sorry, that was yeah. Skype. <laughs> was cool. this Skype? Uh, It was yeah.
2: terrifying. Uh, Mark Mahoney over on uh, Facebook says he's got a Devil's Canyon. Uh, and Ash Sparrow on Facebook says uh, he uses a 2600K still. Yeah. Uh, and he's and he's waiting for Cannon Lake.
0: Yeah, definitely <laughs> Cannon Lake. Yeah, see, that's other that thing too, right? One of these days. Cannon Lake's gonna just show up and like, is it gonna be compatible with Z370? I don't know. No one knows, right? No. I mean, Intel's not exactly well, even got a good track record at this. Yeah, that's
3: a, I don't know when it's going to happen. Well, they came still. out and
0: they, they publicly debunked that pushed into whatever. Was it like the rumors were second half of 2018 or something like that?
1: Yeah, but I have a strong feeling that the first ones we'll see are going to be the mobile parts for lightweight laptops. Yeah. I mean, that's, as <laughs>
0: much we you know, we love talking about desktop parts. It's servers and laptops. You want to you get a, Intel's pissed off is you mess with laptops, you mess with servers. So that, those, are that, those are the money makers. That's where the volume is. And they, they are going to be like a, a dog defending that old bone. It really, they will bite your hand <laughs> up. So it's going to be a serious fight. And it, it, the crazy thing, I was, I was just talking to Brad about this. So in 2015, I reviewed two CPUs, right? It was uh, Skylake and uh, Broadwell. So Broadwell's guy, 2016, I reviewed Broadwell E 10 core. This year, seven CPUs: Ryzen three, or Ryzen five, Ryzen seven, KB Lake. Well, first it was KB Lake, and then Ryzen seven, and then Ryzen five, and then Threadripper. No, no wait. Before Threadripper, there was Core i nine 10 core, and then Threadripper, (laughs) and then 16 core, 18 core Core i nine, and now Coffee Lake. That's one year. That's yeah. insane.
3: Well, and I think I remember us talking about that at the end of last year. Like, there just wasn't that much going on in yes. the CPU no. world the entire year. It was, uh, okay, cool. We got that 10 core part, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's why the chip of the year was not
2: applicable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over on Facebook, uh, Borna says uh, he just upgraded from a 2600K uh, and he got a, a Ryzen 7 1700. For two hundred fifty bucks, uh, a good B three fifty board. Uh, he said cheaper than the competition, uh, and a solid stock cooler. So you know, on AM four, he
0: he's feeling good. Yeah, uh, with his choice there, so. and the AMD is basically probably gonna. You know, they they're gonna like, hey, we're gonna do Zen two. It'll run on AM four, right? There's there's no indications that it won't run on it, and they've they, they've committed. Well, they, to... they've
1: said that twenty twenty is right. the minimum they'll support AM four until.
0: Right. Of course, to be. You know, to be fair, one thing is AMD has to. They've traditionally always pushed sockets a really long time because board vendors don't want to come out and redesign. Like for Intel, it's like, yes, sir, we'll do that. Well, new chipset we just came uh, out this Z three seventy five. What's the difference? Well, this one's blue, that one's red, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do it. <laughs> They've whatever. done it every time. One ten, two twenty. There was an actual. I'm just. I'm going to date myself. The nine twenty five chipset way way back for the Pentium four with eight hundred front side bus, and they're like. All right, Pentium 4 1066 front side bus, new chipset. It's like, what? 925 xc. It only worked with one Pentium 4. I swear. It was like, what? <laughs> it really like, it was, it was, it did. And it was just like, oh. So, this is a pattern that Intel has. This is not new to Intel. They've done this for a long time. So, I know. I was I,
1: talking to the AMD guys at uh, CES, so many <laughs> months ago at this point. And they said the real reason that they would probably upgrade the platform from AM4 is. When DDR five comes out,
0: hmm. so yeah, and that seems like pretty far away. Well, and
2: yeah. uh, uh, Vadis on uh, YouTube's asking AM four plus or AM four. Like, what's what's the difference?
1: AM there is there is no AM four plus right
0: yeah. now. No, I mean that's probably the pattern they've done in the past where they, uh, they okay. keep the same physical socket and maybe they'll change it for something down the road. But mm-hmm. I think they've got a pretty good roadmap here. So that, I mean that that is a real big plus for Ryzen. You know, I mean it's just. You don't know what Intel's going to do to you. You don't know if that Z370 is going to take you that far. But again, like Hayden said, nobody cares nobody ever upgrades. I mean, I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, we're talking to these people that are all running you know parts from from 8 years ago, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not that <laughs> old. I think I
1: think this is the one time where it real people really would have upgraded though. If you had bought a Skylake 6700K with four cores, if you could buy the 6 core 12 thread eighty seven hundred K and just drop it in. I have no doubt. At least some people would have done that. Oh yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I yeah. say yeah, in general, I, I think that's a still a pretty niche market that's willing to I totally every, every couple of years spend three hundred bucks on a, a new processor. Um, that's a big ask. Yeah. And it's mm.
0: actually if you think about it, it's not. it's really nice, especially if you started out with that two hundred and twenty dollars, you know, um gosh, what, what was this guy like uh sixty six hundred K? Was it sixty five? Yeah, sixty six. So the i five Skylake part. If you went from the two hundred dollar thing, and you're like, "Hey, for three hundred and fifty bucks, I get six, I get twelve threads." Mm-hmm. That's a huge jump. That's yeah, a huge jump. For I don't have sure. to do anything. You just like swap it out. Maybe put a you know bigger heatsink or a, a CLC in there, and I'm I'm done, right? But now it's just like, oh, I got to get the C through seventy. So I, I just think that's just
3: it's just a it's unfortunate timing that they couldn't make it work. So. Yeah, yeah. And doing those board replacements is a. Uh Pain in the ass. Yeah, it's not not very fun. Yeah, so that's just bad news. But <laughs> it's basically like building your whole PC over again, except it's worse because you have to dismantle your old PC. Oh. and then yeah. <laughs> slap that new board in. Uh,
0: but games. Are we so jumping gonna over. From, we're going to jump over because I I do want to talk to him. But I'm, we're, you know, we burn a lot of time talking about Coffee Lake, and clearly, everybody's sort of there are some mixed feelings about it. Um, although it is a awesome part for what it is.
3: Give it a TLDR. But are are any of the he's got no TLDR. I you know what 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 what's what's the bottom line? Who should buy
0: it? Who bottom should? line, if you okay, I'm gonna say we're if going you back. Are <laughs> all right? Coffee, like we're gonna go back. <laughs> all right. If so, because it really comes. Although there have been a lot of price shifting, but I'm still gonna go off the street price of 1700 X. I really think if you are you do more content creation, you really do you know say. Two-thirds content creation using highly threaded apps and you're looking for the the budget, kind of like content creation chip, Ryzen 7. To me, I think it's just worth it in some apps. And although Coffee Lake is really close, but if you're like a two-thirds gamer, Coffee Lake. I mean, really, there is that's the top chip for gaming that's affordable. I mean, actually, uh, i9 is... It's competitive, but
2: no one's going to buy a two thousand
0: dollars <laughs> CPU for gaming. It's the wrong thing to buy. So I—that's basically that it comes down to like if you're two thirds gamer, Coffee Lake if you're two thirds content creation, Ryzen seven. That's my boom, my recommendation. Easy, yeah, easy. <laughs> Cool. Let's jump over and talk games. Yeah. You know, so, because there's going to be I, I, so games. many that do DX12 and all support all yeah, these yeah, sports, there are man. already.
2: So many. And I would say, man, this has been an amazing year for games, and it's uh, not even over. Yeah. What it's, a uh, there is no there's really? been no better time to be a gamer <laughs> than this year.
3: Uh, I don't know about that. '98 uh, <laughs> and 2007 are the two years that we talk about most often. But uh, yeah, it has been really good. And it's I mean we're only in. What is it? October? First week of October? October six. Yes, uh, just started. And yeah, we already have had a real crazy fall. Um, September was the most packed September I think I've ever... I mean, I've been doing this five years, and this was the worst September I've ever had in terms of just, like, <laughs> the constant onslaught of games. Uh, and it didn't help that two of those games were Divinity, which I'm now eighty I'm crossing the eighty hour mark in and you um, said you just finally got to the yeah, last I finally area. got to the last of four areas <laughs> and I, I'm crossing the eighty hour mark uh and then total Warhammer, which is I think I spent like thirty hours playing um so uh total Warhammer two actually um so yeah, like between those two games requiring hundred and ten hours of my life in september uh and then the fact that like a million other games came out uh it's been really crazy because yeah, you've
2: been messing around with
3: cuphead. Yeah, yeah, Cuphead for a bit. Um, I'm trying to Steam
1: World Dig. Two yeah, SteamWorld World Dig Two took
3: up like two days. Um, that one was a short one, but I, I think that game is really good if you like a, a solid Metroidvania. Um, so mm-hmm. you've been working on some some racing stuff as well. Yeah, we've been playing Forza. Project Cars Two came out in September. Uh, it's just been really busy, uh, and October is not getting any less busy. We have Shadow War next week. Um, we have evil within two next week. <laughs> um, the, the real killer is South at the park. end of yeah South park. Oh. The real killer is is at the end of the month when we have uh destiny two comes out on PC on the 24th. Woo-hoo. And then I think assassins creed and Wolfenstein both come out on the 27th. Um, and so that week is going to be brutal too. <laughs> I, I'm actually surprised and this is going to be dumb. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know sales figures on Assassin's Creed at this point, but I'm actually really surprised that Ubisoft uh, put Assassin's Creed on that date. I think that putting that yeah. up against Destiny on the PC and uh, uh, Wolfenstein Two was a real dumb move. Really? Yeah. yeah, I don't think Assassin's Creed has the the love anymore to do that. They don't no, have the, no. the the trust of fans that's, to do that.
1: Well, that's but, the uh, thing. You're uh, like you're talking about. You know, you're a reviewer, you get these games, you have to play them, and that sucks because there's so many. Yeah, <laughs> But for a lot of people, Yeah, they're just choosing, like, one, one or like two. One game a month, yep. maybe. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and at that point, like, uh,
3: I don't know. I, I think Assassin's Creed should have been pushed in November uh, because, actually, like, November used to be the real busy. That yeah. used to be the month. Yeah. And, like, this year, November is almost empty. Like oh, just November, Call, call, it, of, call it, of Duty Call of Duty and yeah. Battlefront, yeah. and that's uh, it. Yeah. There's nothing else. Um, And I don't know... Why that is uh, I don't know like Assassin's Creed used to come out in November and then at one point they changed to the end of October and they just never went back and they just always have kept this weird end of October slot so um yeah I don't know it, it's all kind of strange Uh but this year has been very busy uh, and very good is it I, is I it? think. Are they coming out with all the games on PC now
0: because they want to get ahead of the consoles crushing us? Is that the?
3: Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where's
2: Elena when you need? Well, her? the the Xbox One X is coming out soon. You know. It's gonna. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be gonna, I'll be doing that lunch. review
3: and we'll be we'll be putting it up. Um, I mean, one of the things that the the consoles currently have the advantage on is there's a lot of HDR TVs out there and they're still. Not very many HDR monitors. Um, Those so.
1: awesome looking G Sync ones got pushed back. Yeah. all the, way the next year. No,
3: exactly. I was waiting uh, <laughs> because right now, uh, so Samsung has like I think it's the CHG twenty or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and that's like your best bet. That's like a five hundred dollar. Uh, I think it has FreeSync two enabled, um, yep. and it's five hundred bucks and twenty seven inches, or six hundred and fifty for a thirty two inch. Um, but other than that, like there's nothing there's nothing good out there there's, And there's no g-sync enabled ones. Um, so anybody using NVIDIA uh, I don't know. It, it's a very weird market right now uh, And and I don't know why
1: it's taking them so long to get HDR 10 onto PCs it's, it's way too bad because like Mass Effect Andromeda Theoretically supports it, yep. but there's nothing to play it on. Uh, and that was a GeForce title. Yeah, there's trailer. been, a, the there's there's of been a
3: bunch. Shadow Warrior Two came out a year ago now, and that supports yep. HDR on the PC. And there's nothing you can play it on. There's no the, HDR. The Microsoft feeds. games
1: like Gears of War yep. and Forza Horizon, and yep. probably presumably in sport Is there much?
0: Is there much more of an increase on uh, graphics load
3: going to HDR? I mean, it's not much, right? No, it's, it's just, just a uh, it's just a color thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not not too bad, as far as I know. Um,
1: and a a console can handle it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) nice! Right now, Elena was sitting
0: at (laughs) her (laughs) desk. She's like, "Ah, those assholes."
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what's taking so long. Uh, The fact that that both AMD and NVIDIA already have support in the graphics card, uh, and and we don't have anything to output it to, uh, is very strange to me. So. Uh, I don't know why it's taking monitor manufacturers so long to, to get it around. Um, I don't know if it has to do with a hardware latency thing or what, but uh, yeah. it does suck. Well, uh, it's the one thing that I really like. Every time I go play my PS4 Pro... And It's all very vibrant and colorful on my TV, and then I go back to my monitor. Oh, yeah I could
2: see that because I mean latency is way more of a thing. on. yeah absolutely PC my, sure, my yeah.
3: every time I so I have a PC hooked up to my TV and uh, in order to use it with games you have to turn off like literally everything like you yeah. can't use any of the special <laughs> effects or, or any of the color grading stuff uh, and even then I move the mouse and like there's that. You just feel t- it. Yeah, you, you can, just you feel, can feel the delay every time it oh, sluggishly moves yeah. across the TV. So. And that's why consoles are
0: better. I mean, it just makes sense. <laughs> they can account for the latency.
2: <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. even
3: need 60 frames a second anyway, because
0: look at this television you're playing on. Uh,
3: but yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm still loving, uh, there's a lot of controversy about Forza 7 um, and and loot boxes. There's a lot of loot really? boxes. The... So, so Forza, so Loot boxes are a hot topic at the moment, and I don't, I don't know if World of Warships yeah, yeah, have loot boxes. Yeah, yeah, there are loot boxes. Oh, yes. Definitely, this
2: is a topic Gordon knows a lot uh, about.
3: So yeah, there's a lot of controversy about loot boxes uh, in games that you have paid full price for. Um, not so much in free to play games, but games that you've paid forty to sixty bucks for, and then they show up, and uh, there's this pseudo gambling element. Um, yeah, so so even in the games that it's done. Well, like I think overwatch for instance does loot boxes very well And by well, I mean it's very addictive and you always are like oh, I want to see you, like what I get and um, They seem to put a lot of effort into the rewards that you get out of loot boxes um, Then there's games like Forza and the way that Forza has implemented their loot boxes uh, you get a couple of things. Uh, so first of all, they they now show your driver, and you can dress up your driver. <laughs> but you're in a car, you and, and you're, you can't see the driver when you're driving. So instead, the driver's just like on every menu, like any <laughs> any menu that you see. Uh, there's like uh, a ragdoll of a dude standing uh, there, and then he'll or just like that. yeah, do that, and he'll do. Uh, like you know, like the idle animations that you see in in video games when you just have a move for a while. Yeah. So it's just like constantly that. So it's just like a guy like <laughs> clapping, what? And then like he'll like hold his hands up and like, <laughs> and like he just does that all so that you can see your dumb costume that you put uh. him in. Um, and then they have these other things called mods, and the mods are the ones that I think are the most controversial. Um, because uh, so in past Forza games, the way that you would uh, earn more credits per race was you would turn off the assists, and so okay. it incentivized you to get better at playing the game. Because if you turned off, like for instance, the driving line, you would get like maybe thirty percent more credits out of every race. And so, yeah, then if you, you could, made it
1: harder, you would get rewarded. Yeah,
3: so you you could go buy more cars. And uh, so the way that they did it this time is none of that exists anymore. Instead, you get mods that are just like trade bad trading cards, and then you enable those on a race, and so then it'll be like a race-specific thing. So, uh, you know, oh, on this race, the the ABS is turned off, and that, huh. that gives well, you weird. 20% more credits, and it's a limited-time-use item, so you can only use it for like four or five races. Uh-huh. And so... For those four or five races, you get this twenty percent credit boost, but then it goes away. And like, if you have ABS off still, it doesn't matter. It's just like a a thing that you're doing to play the game that way. That's
1: weird. Um, That's the part that bugs me because it's actively taking away what was available in past games to make it shittier to implement loot boxes.
3: Yeah, I I think it's just like a a poor implementation, and it makes the game (laughs) like, like the the racing. The racing itself is still really good. Everything around the racing is just like very complicated, and like there's. A lot of just managing which cards you're putting on each race, huh. um, and yeah, the, you were, you, the way you were... where they do it is they like have done this thing where um, it actually makes more sense to buy loot boxes at the lowest level. They have like a twenty thousand credit loot box that's like the lowest level, um, and you normally re- you normally earn like eight thousand credits per race, so that's like three races to get to this first level um but the the mods are so powerful that they actually like make you buy this basic bad loot box because you'll get four mods I think out of it every single time, and those four mods are used on four races each and you can stack three of them, and so you're like you get like I think a hundred percent credit boost when you stack three of these mods and so you're basically incentivized to like, even if you don't care about this stuff, you might as well just buy the lowest box anyway because you'll make money over the course of like. You might only make a profit of eight thousand credits or whatever, but like you have made a profit. Is uh, I don't know. It's just a and cheesy, crappy way to
1: to do it. I haven't played it myself yet. I'm going to put that up front. I'm hoping to play it this weekend. Uh, but another part that reinforces that, reading your review, it seems to me like it reinforces it, is the way they've changed. You need the car ratings, so you need to have X amount of cars before yeah. you can move up to the next class. And it feels to me like that just kind of feeds into the whole, you should spend money on mods. You should spend money on loot boxes. Yeah, and so again,
3: I used to play like, uh, I, mean, I mean, the way that I used to play Forza was I have like my four cars, right, that I enjoy driving, and it was like a 70 Charger. And then, like, a Bugatti Veyron on the high end. And then, like, another, like, two or three cars in the middle. And you would just, like, save up. Like, I would drive that charger until, it, like, it, you know, it's like driving your your old crappy Honda until yes. it dies. Like, I would drive that charger for, like, 10, 15 hours until I had enough money to just splurge on a Veyron. And then I would buy that and then drive that for another, like, 10, 15 hours or whatever. Uh, and now, the way that they've done it is they've restructured every car into, like, a rarity level and there are five levels in order to like buy cars in the next tier, you have to like buy enough of the bad cars that you don't want to like move up <laughs> into the next. It's one. like a real life collector. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so like, so like all the cars that you used to just look at and be like, I would never buy this. Like all the all the crabby like, hey, it's an '88 Volkswagen, and you look at it, and you're like, man, that's an ugly car. Like that's just a bad looking vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you you used to like, ah, I don't even need this. Now you're just like, well, I'll just buy it because it's twenty thousand credits <laughs> bump me up to the next level oh.
1: Uh, oh. yeah and that feeds into the needing mods to get more credits yeah to get. it's just like very
3: <laughs> weird uh, so I made it like halfway through the career and I've kind of just quit <laughs> like I, I think that the racing is real fun and, and we're gonna play some of this later but uh, like I've been testing that and project cars too yeah and uh, as somebody who is more of an arcade racer, I think Forza is a lot more approachable. Uh, for obvious, like I mean, once you touch the wheel, you're like, every time I I take a lap in Project Cars 2, there's a. F- uh, Fifty or sixty percent chance I'm gonna spin out on one of the corners <laughs> because like it, the handling in that game is like very twitchy and also uh, just like very like expert handling. Like, yeah. All those all those cars. Yeah, it, you know they want it to be like a real world sim, and I don't I don't think that they quite get there even in Project Cars Two. I don't think that it approaches like iRacing and of Corsa and all these other racing sims. Um, but they like try. Uh, and Forza is just like, hey, we're we're like a sim like racer, but like right. we really just want you to have fun and like we don't want you to spin out on all these corners and die and whatever. Um but like Project Cars 2, you start that game and they're just like, here's all the cars and here are all the tracks, and you can just race any car on any track, like right from the get go. We don't care. There's no like weird gated system. And I don't know. Like I, I played Forza and I was enjoying the driving part, but every time I get kicked back to a menu, I was just like, hmm. "What is going on here? Like <laughs> Why is there so much stuff in well, the way of me just enjoying the race?" Isn't
0: that troubling? I, and I gotta say, it does seem like a troubling trend because you can you it, it's like you can imagine if you go into a casino, they have figured everything out to how to get mm-hmm. you like where they've where they've put the machines and then how much. You get to win, and then just everything is designed to get you to gamble more and more. It just feels like video games, they've got some kind of psychological expert going. If you make this here Hmm. and then here... We we're gonna no, they
3: eat. absolutely do. And the funny thing is, like, this is outlawed in a lot of the world. Um, so uh, so this type of mechanic is called a gotcha upon mechanic. Um, with, that's what the loot box is technically from. Is these gotcha games that were real popular in mobile gaming in Japan <laughs> in like twenty gotcha
1: g a c h a yeah yeah you know yeah uh,
3: <laughs> gotcha and, and were popular in like the two thousand nine like that early smartphone period like yeah. two thousand nine to two thousand twelve. Uh, And Japan was like, no, this is gambling. Like, we don't care away. It's just gambling. We're like, we're banning this. Uh, And then some countries have have changed those restrictions. So now, like, I think in China, for instance, that's one of the territories where uh, they have to publish the likelihood of, like, all the items coming out of loot boxes. So, like, if oh. you have, like, a, you know, a rare costume in Overwatch, like, Blizzard has to put the number out there of, like, this is how likely this costume is to drop. Um And that, like, is supposed to, like... uh dissuade people i guess from from gambling on it like if you see it's a one in five thousand chance that this thing is going to drop you might be less likely to buy 10 loot boxes because your chance is not that good Um, it's like
1: they have they put the same odds on the back of scratch tickets
3: yeah exactly uh but in the u.s for some reason this has not been legislated yet and so companies can kind of just get away with whatever at this point yeah, at, at the moment and speaking in 2017 there's nothing like there's nothing on the books about oh you have to like do this and, and it's actually kind of surprising given how much legislative scrutiny video games have undergone in right. you know the history of video games in this country uh, there's it's kind of amazing that nobody's put out like a protect the children capitalism from man. gambling law capitalism. Or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, video games were such a hot button topic from like 2000, you know, sure. especially that that Jack Thompson l- lawyer phase, era. Yeah. Um, it's weird that nobody's put out like, "Hey, this is just gambling, right?" Like, maybe we should not let people put this in their games. But uh, I
0: think what bugs me is it's not like they're really gambling; they're trying to take advantage of addictive personalities or addictive. I
3: know. mean, it is gambling. Like, if if you are if you are. Um, so, like, back in the day when microtransactions became, when DLC became a thing yeah. in 2007-ish, when, uh, or 2005-ish, I guess, when Oblivion came out, um, you are paying money for a thing, right? Like, you pay money and you get horse armor or whatever back, and, like, you have made it in an exchange of goods. Uh, the problem with with loot boxes is uh and yeah their their defense is hey you can just use in game currency like that's their defense every time like no matter who it is um but there is the option in most of these games to put in real money and get back a, a number of random boxes they're just uh, inscrutable closed boxes and then you pop them open hoping that the thing that you wanted was inside uh, and that's that's just that's straight gambling. up gambling yeah, uh, there's, straight <laughs> there's, if you're putting real money into a thing and you don't know what you're getting back. That's just gambling uh, and I I don't know like I don't have a huge problem with the idea of it. Um, and as I said, I think there are certain games that do loot boxes in a in a way that's decent. Um, like I think that when you play Overwatch, they reward you with boxes pretty often. Uh, The boxes or the items that they put in those boxes are well crafted. They've like clearly spent time on it. Um, They're always coming out with like more stuff. Like I think there are games that do this okay. I don't think that it's a thing that needs to be banned necessarily. Um, But like Forza is just like a very bad implementation. And from what I understand, like so Shadow of War comes out next week. That also has loot boxes. That's also a $60 game. Uh, And in that one, you're like your loot boxes contain... Orc followers, they contain gear, they contain stuff that you're actually using to like play the game, um, yep. which is even shadier to me than what Force is doing. And yep. uh I don't I think that we're like heading down like a real bad path in yeah. regards to this stuff. Um I, I thought that DLC was not a great path for gaming to go down for a decade or whatever. Um, but, like, this is just shady. The the DLC stuff, hey. I thought, was just like, hey, it's a necessary evil. We need to monetize our games and blah, blah, um, But, like, the this new step is, hey, we've chosen to monetize our games off of, as you said, addictive personalities and, and people that are like, oh, I need to have this stuff. Right.
1: And this stuff, like, doesn't have any real-world value <laughs> in any way. And Studies into that those gotcha mechanics kind of things the loot boxes have shown that it's like one or two percent of the population that buys like 95% of the loot boxes. Yeah, so it truly is taking advantage of addictive personalities Yeah,
3: I I think it's like I don't know and and the problem is that you know in a lot of cases the game was balanced around this stuff Um, and even if they do a good job of it, for me at least, it subconsciously feels worse. Like every time I, uh, so like the worst part, unfortunately, this is a a great one. Um, so they have an, an announcer in all the menus, and usually the announcer you just ignore him. He's like, uh, "Oh, you did a great job on that last race," or you know, like the, the generic sound bite barks. <laughs> but there's one, and I can't remember like where it happens. I think it's pretty early on. They kick you back to the menu, and he like tells you to go buy loot boxes. Oh. Like, straight <laughs> up, he's just like, uh, like, "Hey, that was a good race, but did you know you can go buy prize crates?" Like it's like a very blatant, like uh, gross implementation of this thing uh to direct people and and so to be fair at the moment you can't spend real money in forza 7 that's an important distinction to make um but they have said that that's their end game here like within the next month or two that's the end game uh And so the fact that you now have a guy who's just like telling you, like, get out your credit card, <laughs> go buy those loot boxes, <laughs> kids, like, uh, it feels bad. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that decreases my And this my is not a free game. game. No, this is a $60 retail title. This is a full price game. Um, Which you have to get through the Microsoft Store, right? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah on PC at least. And, and I understand why this happened. Um, I love steam sales and and game sales in general. Um, but there's no doubt that that steam sales and humble bundles and stuff like that have really soured the market on spending full price on games. And so, you know, like back when I was a kid, if a game was sixty bucks, like that was the t- that was the price for a long time. That you right. know, three years later, that's still a sixty dollar game. Uh, and then, like in my teenage years, it started to be like, You know it would start at 60 and then like a year later that would be a $30 game and $30 was as low as those games ever went like half price was the lowest you ever saw games until they were like a generation old and I remember like when the 360 came out uh, I went into a (laughs) GameStop and I bought probably like 20 Xbox like original Xbox games <laughs> when the 360 came out because what would happen was you know all the old stock would just go going a bin and all these games would be like buy one get one and they're all marked down to like five bucks Because GameStop just wants to get rid of all these old Xbox games. <laughs> and nobody's gonna buy anymore when well, the switch to discs um, as well <laughs> yeah, you know, and, yeah, and so like it used to have like a I don't like publishers made money over time There was a tail on these games and the problem now is like you see that price just like before right. the games even come out, like it's six, it's listed at sixty bucks on on Steam. But I don't know the last time I actually saw a game launch at sixty dollars on Steam. They're just not making their money back. Yeah, they, the those ways. games launch at ten percent off, so they're down at fifty four already. I mean, Amazon Prime gives the same deals yep. too. You and know? Then, yeah, and then and then within like I don't know three weeks, you're down to like forty five, and then within like two months, sometimes you're down to thirty. And then, but when you add in Steam sales, everybody's just waiting for the next Steam sale. So, you know, October, we've got the Halloween sale coming up. And, you know, a bunch of those games that just came out, you know, like, so, so Doom is a, what, a year and a half old at this point? Yeah. And, you know, like, Doom will be in that Halloween sale for like five bucks, ten bucks, maybe. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Well, the thing is, I think I agree. And I think that. Especially for these AAA games that spend ridiculous amounts of money, yeah. like Forza costs a, a ton to make. Yep, that they need to make their money. But the problem is, like these loot boxes don't belong in this kind of game. Like yeah, I'm fine I agree. with DLCs. I'm fine with expansions. I think you need to think of a thing that makes sense for your game because loot boxes and boards in Shadow of War. Yeah, it's just, just a weird.
3: Gross. Yeah, it's a weird fit. uh and, and yeah, I feel like I mean, that's one of the things like I don't mind. I think Overwatch is a weird case because it was a $40 game that had loot boxes and people generally don't mind those loot boxes. Um, that's like one of the only games I can think about that with because The rest of the time, everything that's free to play, I have no problem. If you're free to play and you have loot boxes, fine, whatever. I do not care. Does not bother me in any way. Uh, It's mainly these like, yeah, we're 60 bucks and that's how we're going to make our money on top of the money you already paid.
2: I think some of it is also social, too. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, you said in Forza, you barely see your character, you know, but you're also not yeah. playing online and showing other people like, like an Overwatch. In Overwatch, you're like, hey, I bought this and I get to show it off. You well, know? And, that,
3: and that's part of the problem is Forza's whole thing for years was built off you can customize your car however you want, um, and so. You could see how another racing game, like maybe a Project Cars or whatever, their whole loot box system could be built around like, hey, you could customize your car. Like, hey, this is a new right. car skin, and it, now your car looks like a dragon or whatever. Like, that's Rocket League's whole MO. Rocket League's MO is just, hey, we're an expansion, or we're every, uh, every expansion, every piece of DLC is just a new car. And then the things that pop out of loot boxes at the end of a match are just random decals and stuff like that. But Forza can't do that because they already have, they had that system for free before. It just seems to
0: me like it's it's not worth it. Like <clears throat> it'd be interesting because you know all developers always say, yeah, you, you got your brand new six core Coffee Lake and Ryzen eight core whoop de doo We're not gonna we're not gonna support it. Nobody has these things. <laughs> what if, what what if they said like, hey. Twenty five dollars. We're gonna add support for six core CPUs. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, I'm gonna Man, buy the Coffee Core i seven pack. People would flip. Oh. Um, I mean, and, and we've talked about like Brad and I have. Uh, Brad, see me in my articles. Um, I've written things about size before, and I definitely think there are things that developers should be fixing on the technical side yeah uh, game download size yeah game download size um, so like so forza is a hundred gigs <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, we, it's great because we can stay on the same topic yeah forza is 100 gigs, um, and <laughs> that's that, a hundred gigs and that that's gotta be a record yeah I'm pretty right? sure for for just a base game with no expansions I'm pretty sure that is the record at the moment oh, um, I think I think doom was like 65 on release and yeah, gears 4 was like 75 maybe on release but uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think a hundred is the most I've ever seen. Um, I, I think that there's like there's gonna be a reckoning there in a couple of years too, where people no, have no, to say no. like, it, I mean, now, now that we have now that we all nationwide have a like one terabyte cap on our internet, uh, I think that well, it's going to start causing problems. That's a
1: tenth of it before you even start watching Netflix yeah, videos. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's going to start
3: causing problems for some people. Um, but I really think that like the monetization aspect is just like the biggest problem in games at the moment. And I I understand what the root cause of the problem is. These games cost a lot of money. They aren't making a lot of the money back on sales anymore. Uh, Pre-orders aren't as effective as they used to be. People aren't really buying DLC anymore. Uh, I think that they sort of poisoned the well on DLC so much and on expansions like, e- even the games that you used to care about like uh, you know Fallout 4 I think broke a lot of people because the Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas DLC was great and so then Bethesda came around and said hey we have a season pass for Fallout 4 <laughs> and everybody bought it it was, it was, and then it was garbage yeah, abysmal. There was like one piece of actual content and then a bunch of trash. Um, and so a lot of people now are just like, well, I'm never going to buy a season pass again. It only takes one game to poison that well for everybody. So I understand how we got here. I don't think that this is a healthy way forward for the industry. This is really depressing. I gotta say, this entire <laughs> conversation has been depressing. I mean, so, yeah. how how are loot boxes on on uh, warships? Because uh. you
0: said you have some experience. You with just them? get free stuff. I mean, <laughs> I don't even pay attention to it. You just get you get your free whatever. It doesn't. It can't improve your gameplay or whatever. Yeah. But I don't. You know. I just. Well, here's here's something cool.
2: Uh, you know, to make us a little happier uh, over on uh, YouTube, Borna says uh, he built a uh, uh, Sandy Bridge era Pentium with an AMD 5670 uh, and hooked it up to a CRT TV to play Cuphead.
3: So uh, that's pretty like, cool. That's wow. That's dedication. Yeah, there are definitely there's still games out there that I think are doing a good job um, holding down that line. Uh, I think it's not. I don't want to get in trouble with PR people, but I don't think it's very surprising that WB is in the thick of this controversy. <laughs> um, if you asked me what company I would think would cause a monetization crisis in the industry, uh, <laughs> they'd be up. WB there would list. probably be up there. Uh, I, I, it's <laughs> funny because I think <laughs> that, that EA and, and Ubisoft and Activision traditionally, have been like the three that people are always mad about, and for good reason. Historically, those companies sure. have not been great companies. Um, but I think WB, especially, is is much worse than any of those three at this point. Uh, pushing the envelope um,
0: and gonna get.
3: Yeah, between the disaster that was the Arkham Knight PC port and the disaster <laughs> that was the Mortal Kombat PC port and then their whole, hey, we're not going to actually put this DLC on the PC. And then six months later, they're like, actually, we are. <laughs> we were just joking. Uh, I, I don't know. WB has done a lot of weird stuff lately. Um, and I think that Bethesda is probably up there, too, as far as uh, anti-consumer practices go in recent years. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not surprised that we're coming to this sort of problem. Um, but it is, it's cast a pall over like what's otherwise been a great year for games. Like I think that the whole <laughs> loot box thing has like really come home this year. Uh, I, I feel like last year it was like, you knew of a couple games. It was like overwatch and Dota and team fortress. And there were a couple games that had this and this year it's just been like, all over the place. Huh. Every game wants its its loot box implementation. Yeah, thanks, Hayden, for coming by and telling us how great <laughs> PC Yay. gaming. A gaming. What
1: game are you most looking forward yes. to the rest uh, of? The
3: Wolfenstein year. for sure. Uh, I think that game. I mean, it, we'll see. I had some problems with our second demo that we did, but uh, man, that first. E3 demo, or you were in a wheelchair. <laughs> I think I've told, yeah, I I, told I, you. I
2: watched this. you play that. Yeah, that was. Fun. Uh, yeah,
3: the the E3 demo is the opening of a game, and you were like grievously injured at the end of the last one, and so you start the game in a wheelchair, and you roll around this whole level in a wheelchair <laughs> with a gun, <laughs> and uh, it was cool. It's, yeah, it's great. It's just very creative and fun. It's what I liked about the first Wolfenstein or yeah. oh, the the previous Wolfenstein. Um, so yeah, that and uh, for, I don't know, maybe Battlefront. Uh, We'll see. I
1: tell you what, it's stupid. It's probably not going to be my game of the year, but I am most looking forward to Battlefront. Yeah. Because the original one my brother never played pc games but because it was star wars we spent dozens of hours playing the original battlefront together huh just shooting blasters and stuff so yeah well, him- and
3: this one's like a real game so that's like yeah. I, i'm excited for like a battlefront like i'm excited for us to get the battlefront game that we should have gotten two years ago like oh cool we put uh, if you go down the checklist of like what they've added to this game it's just all the stuff that people wanted the first time around like oh wow we have a single player <laughs> campaign oh dude i mentioned we also have Space battles? Did I mention we have a class oh, system? Oh. Like all the stuff Battle that people Fort were 1. like, 5. "Yeah, it's basically like all the stuff that people actually wanted last time." <laughs> <And> they <laughs> were like, "They put out a," I, I, they clearly like that game was under time constraints to hit before it's Force Awakens, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so they were, like, "We gotta get something out. We gotta do here's a multiplayer mode and the horde mode, and we're done." But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Battlefront. I think we'll see. Uh, the The beta for that's running this weekend. Oh, so. nice anybody uh some people
2: re- in chat said they're downloading it
3: yeah i think right now actually you can jump over on origin and start playing so i think it went oh. live at like 1 a.m last night pacific time so hmm. um, check it out. you know ev-
2: even though i don't have many friends to play it with i'm kind of
3: excited to check out destiny I, yeah yeah that too so, uh yeah. i i've been less excited after hearing people's console experiences i think um
2: Well, that's because consoles suck, right? No, it's the the raid.
3: Uh, So, so that game when it released was really people were really pumped about it, and then the first raid came out, and it seems like the the perception of that game like switched overnight. Um, everything I've heard about that raid has been very negative. Um, It's
1: a weird puzzle aspect.
3: Yeah. And, and (laughs) even if you like get it down, it sounds like apparently uh, it could still take you 12 hours, even if you know exactly what to do, because a lot of it's very finicky. So, um, I don't know. I'm not psyched about that part, but I am excited to have that game on PC. It plays really well. I'm never going to
2: get to a raid. I'm just... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah,
3: when you're like one out... You're never going to make it through Divinity either.
2: Oh, there's no way. I like... I've been putting like, you know... Two hours, maybe every every weekend. Yeah,
3: cool. So you got uh, a <laughs> couple <of> years left, <laughs> like forty five weeks, and then <laughs> you'll finally be done with Divinity. Uh, but yeah, how about you, Gordon? Are you playing anything this fall? Uh, <laughs> all right, we're gonna, <laughs> we're
0: gonna wrap it up. I'm still playing World of Warships. I'm okay. yeah, it's free to play, man, and I'm a premium wallet player. So <laughs> what is that? To, Did you that put real love? money into? Oh, it? yeah, of course. Free to play. Of course, free to play.
3: How much have you put into World of Warships? It's it's great because
0: it. It's a free game, and then I I buy the ships. Uh-huh. Like, oh, this is a great ship! I'm going to buy. It. I, I think I've spent probably um, probably two hundred and fifty dollars on <laughs> on ships for the game. I think my wife doesn't watch the podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, probably if you added up all the premium <laughs> ships I've purchased, I have a small. Fleet what is of it? Premium. What is a right. premium ship? <laughs> So they're only ships that uh, USS Hornet, but Uh they're you know they're historically accurate and the like, but they're but. You know they sell them for a little while. But I only buy certain ones, and you know
2: hey, you do have a supporter in the chat. Uh, Coffee on YouTube uh, says he likes World
3: Warships. Yeah, I, you know when, it, I, mean, when I got it goes nothing great, against the game. I just I, I, this is the first I'm hearing about Gordon putting real money into it. I thought oh, he yeah. just like played it because hey, it was you free. know on your
0: recommendation. I bought Battlefield One. I've played that all of three minutes. <laughs> if I could take Battlefield One and sell that license to somebody for like thirty bucks, <laughs> I can go buy another ship or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's like and I started to play it's like, oh this is uh, just <laughs>
2: uh real quick uh, Borna on YouTube's oh. asking uh wh- what do we think or yeah, what do, what do you think about Doom and Fallout 4 VR? Are you gonna try those out? Oh
3: so yeah, I tried those uh, like a month ago. We had a Bethesda thing here in SF. Uh, uh, so um I think the Doom VR stuff is really cool. Um I think that it's not gonna replace playing that on our you know, mouse and keyboard is a very different experience. Um but I do think they've done a cool implementation. As long as you can get past like the teleport stuff, which, to be honest, like I don't <coughs> notice anymore. Uh, I know that some people that's a big sticking point, and I think that you can actually play normal motion with a controller in there or what? like a uh, like a normal glide motion uh, mode, but oh. I think that you would die immediately. I think that people would throw <laughs> I'd, up.
2: I'd like to test that because I've, I've really tried to push the boundary of getting sick in VR. Yeah, like, I yeah, think you would be it, sick
3: almost immediately, but huh? who knows? Maybe not. Um, I think it's really cool like seeing those those monsters um, like cacodemons are a lot bigger than I thought. Um, <laughs> they're like six feet tall, uh, which really blew my mind because like when you're playing on a normal school, you just don't get the scale of those. So, like the the little um, the imps and stuff, they yeah. always look like they're you know, right like yeah, two they're feet tiny. tall. They seem they're small. Uh, no, they're they're like full grown human size. Huh. Um, so that was a real weird part of that game. Um, but yeah, I use like they had the BFG in there and stuff, and it was really crazy to like that gun is <laughs> like gigantic. Um, that was fun. Uh, Fallout Four, I'm a little less uh, hyped on. Um, the main problem with Fallout 4, like, so I think it's really cool. Uh, in in sort of the same way that Google Earth VR, I think, is really cool. It's very interesting just tour around these areas that you've seen on a normal screen uh and so the demo was like we started right outside i can't remember the first town where you the the, you started in that game um but you you like sanctuary hills uh is that that's where you come out of the vault and you're in sanctuary hills and then there's the town that's like where the museum is and you get the power armor on the roof
1: um uh conquered conquered
3: So, yeah, we went into that town, uh, and I shot, like, a Deathclaw and stuff, and it it looks really cool. It's, like, amazing that they have been able to port that into VR. Um, But I think that a lot of the mechanics stuff doesn't work very well in VR. Um, So, like, looting is a key part of playing Fallout. (laughs) Uh, And looting in that game is very uh, clearly not meant for VR. So you're not, like, (laughs) pulling open drawers, and and you're just, like... Clicking on a drawer. Like, you click <laughs> on a drawer and the drawer opens, and then there's like, and the, you can't like see the stuff inside. Like, if there's, you know, if it says there's a baseball glove in a drawer, you don't like see that glove. Right. It's just like, because huh. it, it's the same system they had in Fallout 4 for the PC originally. Um you could play pay for that premium option, Hayden. Don't yeah. <laughs> so so I think that kinda like that's where it falls apart for me. I don't think that it feels as immersive as people are gonna gonna hope for uh from a game like that. But on the other hand, uh I can't think of another game that's like ninety hours long that you can play in VR. Uh, we
2: got somebody uh, in you know, chat
3: asking if you've played the uh uh Project Cars two in VR. Uh, I've not. I keep meaning to, but I haven't. I haven't booted up on there yet. I've heard it's really good. I've heard the VR implementation on that is perfect. Then and
2: racing seems like it would be.
3: Yeah, it's good because it's a cockpit game, so it's super easy. Uh, If you have a wheel, especially, uh, it should Hmm. be very nice. But yeah, I haven't done it yet. Uh, Mainly, you know what
1: I wish they had in Fallout Four VR. I don't know if they will. I doubt they will like a tourist mode or whatever, so you could, like, toggle the switch <laughs> and then nothing will attack you. Yeah, you can just, I, I think that, that would, would honestly
3: ass. be better. Um, I think that, uh, like, just being able to walk around and talk to people, because uh, I just... It, it's a little bit weird right now. Another thing that's weird is when you're in a conversation, you can't interact with anything else. Um, oh. And so some of those conversations are really long. Uh, and there's... Uh, it was Preston, right, the... the uh, was like I met him in the museum, and we went through like just this long conversation, and the whole time you're just like stuck in this room, and you can't like. There was a bobblehead on the desk, and I kept trying to pick it up. And the lady running my demo was like, "Oh, I'm not sure why you can't pick that up." And I was like, "Well, I'm in a conversation." She was like, "Oh yeah, that's probably it." And sure enough, like as soon as he stopped talking, which took like five minutes, you're like, "Oh, now I can pick up the bobblehead." Um, so yeah, there are some kinks. There's some stuff that clearly. That game was not built for VR originally, Um, but I do think overall, like, it's a cool implementation. I don't know if it's going to be something that people actually play all the way through 90 hours in VR. Um, Some people might, but I don't think that's good enough for that necessarily, but... Uh, I'm
1: interested in at least buying and trying
3: both of those. Yeah, and to (laughs) be honest, it's cool that Bethesda's just putting VR stuff out there. Uh, They're the (laughs) Mm -hmm. only studio. I mean, Ubisoft's put out like a couple of those experimental games. They put out this Star Trek game and stuff like that. Um, But Bethesda's the only one that's been like, no, we can make like a AAA game run on this on this system. Uh, I think that that's really cool. Nobody else is doing that, so kudos to them. Sure. Um, And we also, I mean, I I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we also have Oculus Connect coming up. This week, so we should have more VR news. They still soon. make those. Is yeah, buying them. <laughs> uh, they not only make them, but there's rumors that there's going to be a new model coming out of Connect this week. So, well, next Wednesday. So, uh, have the prices of these things budged at all? I still yeah, don't come even way have a down, vibe at home, uh, over but. the summer. The Rift was down to three. 99 with controllers, yeah, yeah, with controllers. What about a Vive? Uh, Vive is now down to 6.99, which was the original yeah, Rift yeah. price. 599. Or 5.99, yeah, 600. Um, so it's a uh, hundred bucks more than where the Rift is right now. Rift is at 500 right now, um, but they both come down. I mean, that Rift especially. I know a bunch of people that bought Rifts this summer um, because that 400 bucks for the same cost as PlayStation VR is a pretty great deal. Yeah.
1: When they announced that offer, my wife's like, "Quick, buy one," and she just never. Won to let me do it. But it was already <laughs> sold out like two hours after the huh. offer went up. Wow. Yeah.
3: It's uh I yeah, I know a bunch of people, uh I think like three or four of my friends all bought rifts during that sale. So um yeah, I I I think that sale was real smart. I think that sale got the numbers. I mean I think they're they're basically one in one now. Uh, oh, before the Vive, no yeah, wow. before the Vive was outselling two to one. Wow. I think the Rift now is one to one. Because Rift, of the so, huh. Yeah, because of the prices. Competition's good, um, uh-huh. and and that also means a much larger install base going forward. Right. So um, I think we probably have cracked a million at this point, which for that sort of hardware is still pretty impressive to me. Yeah, uh,
2: R- um, Ruru two says uh, VR is an expensive doorstop.
3: Uh, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Vive is. <laughs> we'll pretty see. Good. I I don't know. I. Uh, I go. I feel like I fluctuate back and forth daily now. I feel like I used to be real gung ho, and then for a while I was like, eh, I don't know, nobody's buying it, and it's not really nothing's coming out for <laughs> Your it. Little faith. Um, and now, like six months later, I feel like it's starting to turn around again. Uh, that sale really helped. I feel like when we were up at eight hundred bucks and six hundred bucks, uh, yeah, it was, it was it yeah. was dead in the water. <laughs> Um, but I feel like that sale really helped, and now we're starting to see growth again. Well, so. uh,
2: Matt over on YouTube says uh, he got uh, there. Were, Amazon Prime had a deal with a hundred dollars off of that, so th- three hundred bucks. Like, yeah, holy, <laughs>
0: that's nuts. With touch controllers for the Rift. Yep. Oh yeah. man, they're
2: that's the one away. my wife said to buy.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for three hundred bucks, like for yeah. me, I really do. I I, I don't have a Vive. New World of Warships. No, you VR?
3: <laughs> no, I was just really, I was actually really curious. They have uh, Toby eye tracker. Yeah, that's why I was curious cuz I'm sure they had the the eye tracker and IR would, it, and If all that. if they
2: did, would you want to be like in the captain's
0: deck thing?
3: No. Or would you
2: want to be like ab- above, above it? The it ship? doesn't it doesn't
3: really
0: it's one of those games where it doesn't really doesn't really work for a VR experience. I and it's just it's just not it's it's uh it's a you know strategy game. Third person strategy game is what it is. Yeah.
3: Uh, I've played some good strategy games in VR well
0: when your team isn't made of complete morons <laughs> which is only half the time so
3: uh, but yeah so stay tuned Wednesday Wednesday morning so we'll I think see. like 10 a.m. or something way too early we gotta we gotta be all the way down in San Jose so we gotta we'll be there be up super early we'll be um, there but yeah I'm looking forward to maybe seeing some cool stuff come out just of just gotta that. get the Vive price down to like 400 bucks oh I agree
0: like $400 it's like I think that Vive go price is still
3: it. I, I'm surprised they stayed as high as they did right. uh, I sure, I'm sure HTC which is in dire straits at the moment, could not have gone much lower, maybe. Um, They can't afford to sell that hardware at a loss, Mm. and maybe Facebook can. Um, But I'm still pretty amazed that they haven't dropped lower. Uh, And then we have all the Windows MR stuff coming out. Oh, that's going to
0: change. Yeah.
3: That's going to (laughs) change nothing. (laughs) Let's, uh, I I don't know. The Windows MR stuff is very weird because Microsoft has just muddied the waters on everything. And I keep seeing comments being like, "These, these do AR too, right? And they don't. They Microsoft because
1: they sell it as mixed reality in every stage demo. But they they
3: don't (laughs) do any. So like everything I've heard from Microsoft and from the vendors is that Microsoft's department name is the MR department, like mixed reality department, and it covers all of these new headsets and Hololens. And Hololens is the only AR headset that they make. All these other headsets are just VR headsets, and and I'm like every vendor I've talked to has been very clear with me about that because it's very hmm. confusing. Uh, when I met up with Alienware and, and Dell at PAX, they were like, "No, these are VR headsets. That's it. They don't do any camera pass through. They don't do any like all this stuff that people huh. think these headsets are doing to like make AR a thing. They're not doing. Wh- where exactly is the mixed part of that reality? <laughs> That's the whole confusion. They well, just you, you they, can go. Uh, into it and then you can come
2: out yeah, of it. No, oh, they, they've know.
3: just muddied the waters because they have this department name and, and going forward their goal is to implement HoloLens style stuff into their VR headsets and and all that. But like these headsets are just VR headsets. They're not and, there, and there's no room scale thing. with them. Uh, there is, sort of, but it's done by the front cameras. Right. Uh, and so you have outside-in tracking, and it's very buggy uh, from what I've seen. We'll see how the final units do, uh, especially in, like, a house environment where there's nothing there. Um, my main problem is we were doing this at PAX on the show floor, right. and uh, yeah. uh, I started out. We were playing super hot in VR. And I started out on the ground. And by the time the demo was over, I was like eight feet in the air. <laughs> and it's just like slowly, like every time, every time I reset, it just crept upwards another foot. Um, and so I don't know if that was a problem because there were so many people around. And the, the background is constantly shifting. And maybe in like a house where your furniture is just not moving, it'll so be better. Your
0: but. advice is for somebody who wants to get into VR this. Just
3: don't buy one of these until you've seen reviews uh-huh. I like I, I think that maybe it'll be cool uh, and I think some of the stuff that Microsoft has talked about maybe um, especially with like gearing it towards business and productivity uh, could be cool but don't like day one October seventeenth, like rush out and buy one of these things. Yeah, but all
1: those business and productivity stuff they've been showing off have been augmented reality things for Hololens. Yeah, I haven't heard very well, much about these VR. Well, and that's also the problem is
3: all of it at launch comes through the Windows Store. Yeah, I was just about to, talk say to say And I talked to them like, so how much stuff is actually getting ported over? And they were like, ooh, like a decent amount. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> like I don't think that's enough. Like Steam doesn't even have enough for me to recommend the Vive and the Rift sometimes to like. Uh, not at on the, the price. fence not at the price uh here now you're talking about like a small subset of a subset of stuff in the windows 10 store which nobody likes using and that's like the, your whole your your first platform on launch day uh they are adding steam vr support eventually so oh. you will <laughs> you will be able to use compatible steam vr games
1: with it but that's not coming at launch that's coming like a month or two later so all right. The only thing I can think of that's more terrifying than using the Windows Store is using the Windows Store all around me.
2: <laughs> Being surrounded by the Windows Store.
0: It's so spacious, though, because somebody's in there.
2: <laughs> oh, no, that's the actual physical <laughs> Windows
1: Store.
0: All right. Uh, we promised we were going to answer some questions, but I think we're just about out of time. We Are there wrap any kind up? Of outstanding questions? No, not no, really? we're, we're good? good. Yeah, we answered yeah. quite Sorry, a few we're going to save those questions. He's asking them. Uh, hidden's already answered them during the show, so... We'll be back to answer questions next time, but I gotta wrap this up because we are going to get yelled at I'm so, it, so. hungry. And it's lunchtime. <laughs> so check back in two weeks for your fix of PC Talking the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Also, if you go to iTunes, leave a review saying how much the PC gaming is better than Mac Gaming, it's because <laughs> it'll be in the iTunes store and you can piss them off. Say <laughs> questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. There's actually no email waiting for us. We will read them and respond. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with. With Brad Charkas. Adios. Special guest Hayden Dingman. Hey, guys. And Adam will take us out. See you, everyone. That's creepy. <laughs>
2: what?